Right now there is a major humanitarian crisis that has unfolded before our very eyes. We've watched, listened, read about it in shock and awe and horror as we see now millions of people streaming out of their homeland, their country, going to neighboring countries, willing to take them in, people showing kindness and love and generosity. And yet still, because they've had to flee their home, they've left behind so much in terms of their belongings, food, clothing. And so if I were to ask you what their needs are, you would immediately have some very good, very clear answers. Those needs that there are humanitarian organizations and people who are reaching out to try to meet those, those needs of food and clothing and shelter, a place to be, and safety and security and medicine. And if you were to consider the, the people who are still in this embattled country, this war zone, again, clear and immediate needs would come to your mind. And if I were to ask you about the needs of your children or the needs of your neighbor, or even your own personal needs, again, there would be some clear and immediate answers that you would be able to give. Especially if you know of your neighbor, you know of a family member, you know of you yourself, and you are facing a very difficult, challenging time. Those needs might become even more clear. When you're plagued by disease, or when a baby is in need of an organ transplant, or has to stay in this plastic incubator for months on end, it's, it's clear then some needs that we have. And in all of those situations that I just shared with you, it would seem quite preposterous for me or anyone else to claim that there was anything else that was a greater need than all the things that you would have answered with. But that is exactly what I'm about to do. You see, sometimes our immediate needs are not our greatest needs. And that's what we discover this morning as we see Jesus' interaction with this man who had been born blind and lived his entire life without his sight. And Jesus came and he met this man's needs, including his greatest need. When Jesus came and met this man, his friends, his disciples, they asked, why? The form of their question was like this. They said, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? 
Now, the disciples were spiritually mature enough to know and understand that everyone was a sinner. And yet they saw this blindness. They saw this, this need that this man had. They saw it as a specific act of discipline and punishment handed out from God. And so they wanted to know why. Who sinned? Himself or his parents? And sometimes that's also the assumption that we make. It's the question that we also ask when we see things that come into our lives, when those sad and challenging things happen in our own lives, as we witness them out in the world, we are led to ask why. And, and sometimes it's because we feel that there must be a clear, specific thing that God has struck out with discipline. He has struck out with, with punishment. And yet Jesus addresses that. He addresses it for his disciples. He addresses it for us. He erases that false assumption. He says, neither this man nor his parents sinned. This wasn't a specific act of discipline or punishment from God but rather, we must understand that we live in a fallen world. This world has fallen from the beauty, the, the majesty that it was once created in. And it has fallen so that in our human experience, there are challenges, there are difficulties, and it stems from the decay, the corruption that is in this world. Yes, because of sin, but not specific. Not discipline and punishment metered out by God, but rather because of Adam and Eve's own fall, the subsequent fall of all of us as human beings, we continue to contribute to that corruption and decay of this world. In fact, the Bible tells us that all of creation, it is crying out, it is groaning, waiting for this time of decay to be over. And so as we go through this life, there are all kinds of needs that are created. Unmet needs that we sometimes feel in our own lives. And all of those things, every single need, whether it's of hardship or pain or suffering or evil, all of those creates these needs among people. And every single need is an opportunity for God to work. Jesus said, this happens so that the works of God might be displayed in his life. And so Jesus tells us to take a different perspective on human needs, human weaknesses that we observe in this life, to see them as opportunities for God to work. And Jesus made it clear that this man's immediate and obvious need would become an opportunity for his greatest need to be met. Jesus met those needs. He healed this man of his blindness, so he met his physical need. 
But then as we see Jesus return and come back to this man, speak to him again, he met this man's greatest need, his spiritual need. And then after having met this man's greatest need, that spiritual need, he also met his need for purpose. And Jesus opened this man's physical eyes so that he could see. But he also opened his spiritual eyes so that he could see Jesus with faith in his heart so he could understand how he was his Savior, the Christ. He opened this man's ears so that he could listen to what Jesus was saying and his teaching. And he opened this man's mouth so that he would speak, declare, and testify to what God had done for him. As important as it was to this man to be able to see, as important as that immediate need was for him, there was a much greater need. And that was that the eyes of faith might be open, the eyes of his heart might be open. To know and understand with clarity that Jesus didn't just remove his blindness, but also his sin. That he had been washed, not just in the waters of that pool, but he had been washed in the blood of Christ. That Jesus had been sent to be that Savior that he needed. You see, the Pharisees were right. They were right with what they said in verse 34 when they said, You were steeped in sin at birth. They were right, just not in the way that they thought they were. Because everyone is steeped in sin from birth. You, me, everyone in this world is steeped in sin. The greatest humanitarian crisis that we face is that we have been separated from our God. We have been expelled from our true homeland. And we have been denied eternity. And so when you think about needs that we have, that is our greatest need. And I don't say that at all to lower our understanding or lower the intensity of what we see happening in our world right now. Because it is sad and it is horrific. And in love and compassion, we feel for the people who have been affected by it. So it's not at all to minimize that, but, but rather to help us see that here, the stakes are even higher. Here we are talking about the eternal well-being of people's souls. Our greatest need is for a Savior. Our greatest need is to be taken out of the darkness of sin and to be brought into the light of Christ 
It's your greatest need. It's your neighbor's greatest need. It's your children's greatest need. And so even as you think about meeting other needs, always remember that this is the greatest need that we have. We need to see our Savior. We need to see the love of God, the grace that he has exhibited, displayed in Christ Jesus, and we need to see it before night falls. That's the reason that Jesus said we must work while it is day. It's the very reason that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Without him, we have only darkness and blindness. And I think right now that's incredibly clear to us as we see what's taking place in our world. We need the light of Christ. And so just as this man needed Jesus not so much to open his eyes. He didn't really need to be able to see. He had lived his entire life blind. But he did need Jesus to open his eyes of faith. He needed Jesus to cleanse his heart and so do you and so do I. And so we give thanks, we rejoice that Jesus did both. The work of God is to heal us, to restore us, to forgive us of our sins. And that's the work that Jesus took upon himself as he came to this world. He took our greatest needs on himself and he took those needs all the way to the cross. He took our need for forgiveness and he fulfilled it. He also took the need for justice to be carried out. He took the need for the wrath of God to be poured out against sinful disobedience. He took that need upon himself. And so he died on the cross. It was there that his blood dripped down, forming mud with the dust and the dirt that was at the base of that cross, that very blood that he shed for us. To cleanse us of our sins. And so now it is his message that opens your eyes to see him clearly. It's his truth that speaks to you and opens up your ears to listen to his promises. His promise of comfort and of guidance and of eternal security. It's his blood that now opens up your mouth to speak of what he has done. And so when your immediate needs become apparent, when you're plagued by disease, when you come against hardship and challenge in your life, keep your eyes focused on the light of the world, on Jesus Christ. And when you see needs that arise in the lives of others, when you see the needs that your neighbor faces or you see the needs of your children Help them to also see the light of Christ. To know that he has met their greatest needs. And that doesn't mean that we won't reach out to meet immediate needs. Of course we will. The love and the compassion that we have as children of God, as children of the light, it will move us 
to serve. It will move us to generosity. It will move us to show that love, to show that compassion, to reach out to others. And in fact, as we meet those immediate needs that people have, that might provide us the very best opportunity to also meet their greatest need and to share the love of Christ. As we come up against hardship and challenge, difficulty in our life, we can help allow Jesus to help us change our perspective so that we don't ask why, but we ask how. How can the work of God be displayed in this? How can the work of God be displayed in my life right now? How can I make it clear that Jesus has met my greatest need even as I face these needs? And so as we restore our vision and we refocus on Christ, the light of the world, we can remember his cross. We can remember his empty tomb and we can remember that one day he will come to bring us home to be with him forever. One day you will know a place that is filled with light. It is filled with his love. It is filled with his grace. And there is only joy. Tears will no longer be there. Hardship, suffering, pain will no longer be there because of Christ. And as you allow that light to illuminate your life, It'll move you to boldly speak to others. So we can all pray, Lord, lead me to display your work. Display your works in me as you lead me to a deeper and a stronger faith and trust in you. Display your works in me as, as I react and I respond to the, the needs that I feel, as I react and I respond to the needs that I see in others. Display your work in me so that others may see the light of Christ. Because we have to work while it's day. Jesus said there's a time coming when you can't work. When night falls and when all of our efforts, all of our successes, all the things that we have accomplished in our life will be of very little consequence. All those needs that we feel have, will realize have very little eternal weight. But the greatest need, the need for Christ will become incredibly clear and incredibly important. And so we want to strive so that while it is still day, while we have the opportunity, we can allow God to be at work in us and through us. We can allow God to have his works displayed in every single opportunity that every single need creates. And we can share with others the joy that we have in the light of the world in Christ Jesus, our Savior. And so I join with you in praying that 
this humanitarian crisis that we see in our world today, that it would be brought to an end. I join with you to pray that God's will and God's work would be done in and through this evil. I join with you to pray that there would be an end to war and the incredible needs that it creates. And I invite you to join with me in a prayer of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving that God has already met our greatest need in Christ Jesus. That he has opened our eyes to see the very light of the world and our own Savior. I invite you to join with me in praying the prayer that God would work through us. That our lives might display his work. That our lives might be a reflection of Christ, the light of the world. I invite you to join with me to pray that we may all work while it is day. Amen.